We're live. Sunny. Good afternoon, Nate. Uh, just just two of us for now, but more coming. Yeah, some more people coming. Good morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night or whatever whatever they say. It's been a week. Five here. It's been a week. Everyone's been busy. We got it's been a lot going on. Brett's traveling all over the place. Uh I've been sick with the cocoa. Um, so I'm I'm finally pulling out. Um Actually, I don't, I don't feel very good today, and it's like pretty, it's like day nine or something. So I don't know what's going on, but um, hey, uh, is what it is, right? At least I was vaccinated and it didn't hit me that hard. Probably so, a lack of fresh air and getting out has probably made you a bit lethargic as well. Nine days. Yeah, it's not very fun. The worst part mm-hmm. is, um, dude, my kids, they can't go to school, you know? Mm-hmm. And then so. I'm at I'm at the house with my kids. They didn't they tested negative though. Same thing with my wife. She didn't test positive either. Crazy, right? I mean, we were sleeping in the same bed for days uh before realizing like, oh, I probably have COVID. So um yeah, I mean I don't know how that happens, right? You're breathing the same air all night. Speaking of speaking of COVID, we had Michael Andrew on. Uh, at the start of the week, which was um, obviously, uh, I don't know, controversial, polarizing. People get up. The people were just upset. Some, not not everybody. I mean, there was a lot of good. There's a lot of positive. I mean, a lot of positive comments. I think there was over, a, there were over 200 people watching it live, and then I think there's almost a hundred comments on it after the fact. There were comments going back and forth nonstop throughout the live. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you talk about vaccinations and not getting them and masks and everything, people, uh, come out of the woodwork to, to, to yell and scream. Um, so you guys don't, you, you guys, I mean, you don't have to get it over there. Do you? Um, to be honest, I was like going to go completely nothing to do with what was said and just thought like it was a really good show. Um, Brett was live in the comments. Uh, Bruno was live in the comments. Everyone was getting involved. It probably attracted attention because of the controversial nature, but uh, I think it was a really cool little event. Um, to have 200 people listening to a podcast, your Wi Fi is not that good today, Sonny. Uh-oh, technical difficulties. Mate, I'm going to go off phone. Give me one second. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the podcast was great. Um, we had Michael on uh, the year before, um, and, he, and, he, and he was obviously very open and honest. He's one of the most honest guys you can meet, I think. I think everything that comes out of his mouth is sincere and genuine. He seems like the nicest guy, um, and he's obviously been dumped on from the get-go. Uh, that's another reason why it was so polarizing and so many people turned in, tuned in was because he just, he's been like this since he was 14 years old. He's never going to change. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just is what it is. Um, but I think he's obviously matured in, in immense amounts, uh, from the beginning. Um, we got to talk about his breaststroke kick, his wide kick. You missed that part. Very interesting. Um, you know, we talked a lot about being a tall breaststroker versus being a short breaststroker and that sort of thing. 
Um, what was your favorite part? Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was quite cool listening to how he's changing things going forward. I think people give him a little stick because of his unorthodox training methods, and he's clearly open to learning. Um, he's clearly open to changing his mind on things, and yeah. uh, it's it's quite exciting. Like he's, you know, when you look at Russell's sort of mold or model of USRPT at the simplest form. He is so far astray from that now. Um, and he's still getting better. And he's continuously getting better. And when you get better from times like 58-1 long course breaststroke and 155-200 iron long course, you get ridiculous times. And he's, he's you know, he's not taken all the comments about the 200 iron lightly. You know, all the people, quite honestly, digging him a little bit, oh, taking yeah, the piss sure. a little bit, making fun. Um, and like, I'd love to see him prove everyone wrong and go 153, you know, and finish like Michael Phelps said he's capable of. And it, it, like his, his work effort is ridiculous. And he's, I, I don't doubt he's doing some ridiculous stuff in training now to try and be fitter and better and faster. Yeah, it is interesting. <clears throat> even, even back in the day, I think he's, he tried to stick to the original uh, USRPT, and that meant also like no lifting weights. I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't know if it, maybe even no dry lands. Like it was supposed to be sports yeah. all the time. And um, I just think we've had so many people on here that have said, like, oh, the reason I improved so much is because I got into the weight room and I really took it seriously and I got stronger. Uh, not yeah. necessarily gaining weight um, and getting bigger. Um, we had Nick Santos kind of talk, touch on this um, a week ago about how like he can't swim at. 191 pounds or whatever he has to be mm -hmm. swimming at 186 pounds it just doesn't work for him um and and that's where you are like that that sort of level um yeah i think he took everything su super serious he's he's switched it up even at the beginning of the podcast it was funny because brett kind of just glazed over the whole thing but he, he had just returned back doing 3100s long course freestyle by himself on 130 like the the famous australian famous karen perkins you know set that Best average, yeah. A week. Yeah. And uh, I've done it. A lot of people have done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, very common set. But um, to hear him saying that, and then Brett, Brett didn't say anything. I was like, he he just did a set that he would never, ever have done, ever. He probably, that was a, probably the first time he ever did 3100s. So, um, yeah. yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a, a, a very, one of the most open and honest conversations we've ever had on the podcast. And, mm -hmm. um, I hope you learned something from it, guys, uh, hmm. um, on the swimming side of things. All right, moving on. Um, we have a we have a special guest coming in, Coach yeah. David Marsh. Welcome hey, to the hey show. Guys. How are you, sir? How are you? Are you in a are you are you uh, are you in California? San Diego, yeah. Okay, yeah. good, beautiful. Uh, well, we're we're about to get it is, to you. It is beautiful out there, yeah. We're about to get to you right here at uh, the Cal Golden Bears here. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to – maybe we could skip over Australia real quick. And you want to jump – want to just jump right into it? Uh, it sounds great. And, uh, you know, you were just talking about Michael and Michael's training in Coronado now where, where we've been training the last couple of years. So it's a lot better situation in Coronado versus a lot of places in San Diego. we, we got to kind of run around and find pool space. Coronado seems to – have a rhythm to long course water and and a little bit more uh, uh, sort of care and attention for high performance uh, swimming. So uh, good for him and and it, uh, you know 
my uh, my daughter's best friends with Michaela. So they, uh, it's been fun sort of hearing how he's evolving and, and he and Peter and his family. So it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big fans of theirs and, and hope hope that uh, this next step ignites him to the next level. Yeah, for sure. So you guys, uh, you guys have the other Navy base. You guys have the Navy SEAL base out there, correct? Right. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, in Virginia Beach, that we got the same thing <laughs> uh, right down the road. So I think usually the SEAL teams probably argue which is the better coast. So, uh, but actually, the, the 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 CEO, the fellow that runs the uh, Coronado Swim Team Elite Group, the club team out here that did really well at Junior Nationals, there, uh, he's a Navy SEAL. He's actually deployed right now, but uh, I think it's oh, Pete McVay. Yeah, Pete McVay, he swam at the Tennessee, but but the, he actually runs the club almost remotely from where he's deployed, apparently 11 hours away, which we're not, I don't think we're allowed to say where he's deployed. Right, so. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nope, uh, yeah, always, uh, we keep it We keep it pretty secret around here. I, get, I just get a chance to, there's a SEAL SWIC team um, where they invite, basically, if you're in the Navy anywhere uh, in America, you can come to Virginia Beach, and you can come to this special program where you basically just swim. You come to swim practice every day, two hours a day, and you focus on going to buds or trying to get to buds. Yeah, swimming yeah. obviously is the thing that it gets a lot of them, man. It it yeah. just it's not it takes a lot um, of them out. Yeah, takes a lot of them exactly. out. Even the even yeah. really good swimmers, it takes them out. So I get to volunteer a bunch um, over there and uh, and spend some time with those guys and 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 learn my combat side stroke so um there you go yeah, yeah. efficient isn't it? it 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 is a funny it's a funny thing and once once you've started to see like a hundred people do it it's even funnier i had this one guy last week he did it he did a perfect breaststroke kick <laughs> like like you would normally some breaststroke but in the middle of the side stroke which apparently is totally fine they don't care if you do the scissor kick or not so he has this weird, perfect breaststroke kick uh, on his combat side stroke, and he killed everybody. So, uh, you know, we're, I think it's uh, you can always get better with a little technique change here and there. You never know what's going to show up in the pool. So, well, I think those for those guys too, it's just it's just being comfortable in the water. And, and I think historically, it's about sneaking up on the shores and those kind of things without making splash splash motions. Uh, but yeah, certainly the 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 water temperature, at least out here, and the and the swimming ability is. And, and holding breath and being comfortable underwater, we get spun around uh, as part of the, uh, the the Navy SEAL experience. That's right. So tell us tell us what's going on. You're uh, you're 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 coming back to college swimming. That's the headline. That's what we've been told. <laughs> well, Dave, uh, Dave asked me to come back, and uh, Chase is going to uh, take some time off uh, for maternity purposes. His wife's having a baby, and and uh, very uh, they're very excited about that. And he called me and sort of we ran by some thoughts of, you know, what's going on with me right now. And uh, timing is probably perfect. Uh, the, the, the chance to go up for uh, a couple of months and, and help out Dave and help out the team with sharpening up for, you know, conference and NCAAs is, is something that I've always loved about college swimming. Probably my favorite time of the year is the sort of end of the season, all the, all the details and getting people ready mentally and physically and in a team climate. Uh, also, honestly, my, my observation, Dave's program from the time, you know, he left Maryland and started there, and I was very in touch with, with him the whole time, uh, was that he has sort of evolved what I consider the, you know, what I see as the best culture there is out there uh, for certainly a men's team. And, and I think that 
that's happened over years and years. And the fact that he's been able to sustain it and continue to excel uh, at this point, I think I'm going to learn a lot uh, about, about uh, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, current times in, in the sport. And, and so I won't, I'll, I'll certainly give a lot, but I'm sure that I'll learn a lot as well. Well, you got some amazing athletes there um, to learn from as well. Uh, Bryce Mefford's coming back for his fifth year. So you get a, yep. another Olympic guy who can be on uh, uh, what really do you need him on? You know, what really do you want him on? Cause he can, he could swim a couple for you. Yeah. And yeah, well, I haven't paid any attention to college swimming, honestly. Uh, and I don't even know, you know, him very well. I just, you know, see, he was a competitor at trials as far as I, I knew in terms mm -hmm. of that. So I, that, that's interesting. I, I haven't paid attention to recruiting one minute and for a long time. So I went through the roster the last few days and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know almost all these 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 kids, mm -hmm. uh, but what's really cool is to see because now I'm reading about their progressions and things like that. Is wow, our kids improving at Berkeley? I mean, he's, he has a lot of kids. When you look at their high school times as compared to when they go through the years, not just the highest biggest names, and and certainly Medford would be one of those that dropped a ton of time to make the Olympic team. But but that's an indication to me of the kind of culture he has. Where it's one thing if your top stars you know, sort of are there and performing at the highest level. But when you have the whole team, I mean, you're, the kids you would consider, quote, the slowest kids on the team, they're still dropping tons of time uh, during their experience at, uh, in their time at Berkeley. That says a lot about the job that Dave and Chase and Matt and, and uh, you know, the, 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 the culture they have there of expectation of excellence. Uh, so I think it's a it's a it's a an environment that I'm sort of eager to get into and uh, and, you know, also have the crossover uh, with the ISL because, you know, the, with, with Ryan Murphy and, and Shields and Abby and, you know, that crew up there, the, the L.A. Current crew is, is sort of based, it has been a Cal-centric team. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'll be able to sort of, uh, you know, work with, I was talking to Murphy on text, you know, today and, and you know, I was telling him that, look, during the ISL, I really don't mess with things that he's doing, his, his stroke or any make any changes from what I see, but now that I'll be standing on the deck with Dave, you know, I'll work with Murphy and, and offer some advice that maybe I haven't given when I've had him, you know, with the ISL because Dave wasn't around. I certainly don't want to screw up a good thing. So any, any, anything I'd recommend I'd go through Dave on, but I'll be on the deck with him. So I'm looking forward to, you know, helping out with the, with those guys as well. And Kathleen will come up uh, and train, you know, she's, a, she's a, was in CA summer of the year for, for Berkeley, so she'll come up and train up there while uh, while I'm there. So we'll have a it'll, it'll be a quite quite a cow reunion. You know, my wife Kristen swam at Berkeley in the '80s, and uh, so for her, her sort of uh, best friend, she's on a group chat with a bunch of her Berkeley former teammates, and they're all very excited. Of course, they want her to go live in the Pink Palace where she where she lived when she was in college, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, but she's looking forward to catching up with a lot of her friends when we're up there. And it's going to be about, you know, I guess about two months is sort of the plan right now. And and uh, really get, you know, hopefully get focused on conference and NCAAs. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll make it a, a good uh, we'll make it a good experience, hopefully for everybody. That's cool. It's uh, well, it's certainly shaping up to be the fastest NCAA championships. I mean, probably ever uh, just from the sheer nature of everything that's happened. Right. All the right. fifth years, all the people that are coming back. Um, all the kids, all the foreign kids that showed up this year, uh, Matt Sates is supposed to land in a, in a day or two, um, you know, a month out from uh, SEC. So, um, yeah, we've been talking about it a lot on the pod about how exciting it is um, 
where I think we're going to see records and relay records and you're going to see top eight, top 16 times that we've never seen before to get, to get in there. And, uh, We'll see how it all shakes out. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's, it's 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 several years of improvement because yeah, part of looking at the at the rosters has been there's this blank window of time where nothing happened. Pro- improvement right. stood still for a little while, and uh, I think everybody's looking forward to a, a more calm version uh, of NCAA's, and and that's assuming we you know don't have some other you know thing pop up. And and my gosh, uh, uh, we've all been through it. So hopefully, uh, let's be praying that nothing uh, nothing new pops up for sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, uh, Australia changed their, uh, their, I guess their requirements, their, their qualification criteria for this upcoming world championships. So it sounds like they might not be sending their best squad yet again. Um, uh, and then on top of that, I think world championships, uh, the following year is going to be in November. So there's some, obviously some news about, uh, What's going on with world championships this year? It's in Fukuoka in Japan. Uh, we, we, we're we going to have our trials. When are, when are our trials again, coach? April? April. Yeah. April. Okay. Yep. Sonny, how are you and, guys doing? You guys doing trials as well? Yeah. Yeah. We're, there's British trials. There's also some pre selected swimmers based on Olympic results. That's kind of been a thing uh, since COVID started, just pre selecting swimmers. But I think for Australia, this is great because there was a lot of discrepancies because there were some big names like Matt Wilson who didn't qualify with the elevated Australian times uh, last summer and they ended up like giving them a wild card selection. And this year they've sort of taken a step back and said, uh, Fina A cuts, you come top two at trials, you've got a Fina A cut, you're going. We're not making times any harder. And, uh, then for Commonwealths, which they're saying is like their priority, that's the one they really want to send everyone to. Then they're, uh, you know, they've got multiple selection meets um, with only the top top qualifier at the World Trials going to the Commonwealth Games, and then them using uh, the Mayor Nostrum series, the Sydney Open, and the World Championships to further qualify for spots for the Commonwealth Games. So I think I think it's a big step forward for Australia and. Uh, I don't think it's that big a deal if a few swimmers say we don't want to go to Worlds because this year is going to be mad. Like, it's ridiculous. Everything is this year. Like, everything. Yeah, good point. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta pick and choose, you know? And it sounds like, um, it just made me think when you were talking the whole entire time when we had, Tim Hinchy on and his main message uh, during the podcast was like, we need to get everyone together and have a global swimming calendar. Um, Cause we're just going to keep moving these little pieces around, uh, which kind of leads into like what the next world championships is. And now they're going to, they're moving them later to November. And I guess the reason is, is because in uh, cutter, it's really, really hot. And um, you won't be able to probably do the open water swimming. So you have to do it in November when the water cools down, the temperature cools down. Um, uh, so what, what, then what do you, what does the ISL do? Right. Cause then you're in the middle of November, which was the playoffs this year. I know it's another year and a half off, but um, yeah, it's, it's an ever changing landscape of, of the global swimming calendar so yeah it's uh, kind of i mean a, a november uh worlds is is really strange for everyone because it really doesn't give you 
it, it takes you out of any kind of flow of the season. And uh, it's almost like the, 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 the tail's wagging the dog right now. I mean, it, I mean it, probably what they need to do is figure out if, if, if you know, the cutter couldn't have the meat at the time that needed to be on for the benefit of the calendar of the athletes, they shouldn't get the meat, then have somebody else host the meat. And uh, uh, unfortunately, that's not the way uh, they went. And, and certainly, hopefully, hopefully Tim is, is, is pressing FINA to sort of work on that calendar so that, uh, so that, that, so that there is a better flow to it. It, it. it would be a shame for the athletes to lose out on opportunities that they can benefit from with the ISL, with the, with the World Cups and, and things that, that, that allow them to, to further their professional efforts and also their developmental efforts of the, of the athletes that are sort of coming through the programs. But, you know, the, these, uh, I, I think this summer, you're going to see the best swims coming out of Commonwealths, coming out of Europeans, coming out of the, the July and August meets rather than May uh, because it's just, it, it, it's going to fit a lot better into most people's calendars. Uh, the U.S. is the one that's going to sort of be caught holding the bag because there's not going to be a, uh, you know, any kind of sort of big meaningful championship meet at the end of the summer. It'll be, it'll happen in May. And then, then you know, a lot of athletes, unless they're in the ISL or have some individual motivation, might struggle to sort of keep pressing their training through the summer for, you know, for just a, a nationals. Yeah. Uh, if you're a college kid and you're looking to swim in that championship meet, it's in the middle of November. It's just, it's just weird. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on the iron lady Katinka uh, <coughs> spoke to some Hungarian media. I, I get a lot of people think was thinking automatically, boom, she's done. It's a, it's over. It's an unbelievable career, but she's saying, nah, not done. Um, now she's got it. She just has new goals is what it sounds like. So um, uh, she says uh, right here on the bottom, I'm going to retire one day, but there's a lot less in front of me uh, than there is behind me in swimming. I'm turning 33 this May, and I feel a little sad uh, because I still enjoy swimming. Um, it's not that she didn't want to win an Olympic medal. Uh, you know, she went out there and she gave it her all. I just think she's it's it. It's, you're you're going to have gone your fastest at some point. Uh, but now it sounds like her goal is to to be the first. To, to get a hundred uh, international medals, which is kind of mind boggling even to say. Oh, Brett's joining. Uh oh. He did. Uh, oh, hang on a second. Wait, 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 wait. I, I just I? unmuted you. Oh, I, I was muted for a second. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was on a phone call and um, I missed everybody. I could see you, you know, I could see you in the background. How's, how are you doing, David? I'm great. Great. Yeah. Thanks. The guys did a great job. And, uh, and Hey, Sonny, uh, uh, Tom Russian's over here right now in, in Coronado uh -huh. with us. He was, we were on the deck together yesterday. Oh, cool. Uh, so he's got a couple of the energy standard folks over here. So it was a lot of fun. We, we went out and had a beer after practice and, uh, what, what a great swimming mind he is. And it's fun to hear about he's the energy awesome. standard team from the inside sort of, uh, yeah. some of the inside stories he shared with me. So, I know you've been a big part of that, Sonny. So congrats on uh, on that that team and that. Uh, speaking of team culture, like I was talking about Berkeley, I think uh, the Energy Standard crew has a really good culture, a lot because the athletes have been with Energy Standard for you know a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was on the phone to Tom just before uh, before this 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 started, and he said uh, uh, you and him, you know, the BS standing is like, oh, I was, you know, 
saying some stuff and i was like i hope i don't give too much of our secrets away to uh, the la cup but um no it sounds really cool and uh he's with obviously javi's on deck with you guys as well so you've got a dc trident coach and um he's uh you know they're all mingling together and getting some practices done craig or vicky and some of javi's guys so it sounds like really good fun um and the pool looks amazing i know we've talked about that before david so uh, yeah did you guys talk about david going back to the ncaa Yep, how awesome. How awesome. how awesome is that, man? He's going back to Cal with Dave Duran. The boys are back on deck together and do some crazy stuff. One of the best teams in the country. Oh, man, I couldn't be more excited. This is awesome. Well, you know, Brett, our favorite time of the year for guys like you and me is this time of the year when you yeah. get ready for these championship meets and you're, yeah. you know, the, 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 the athletes' eyes are on fire, you know, getting ready to, to see what they can do. And, and, uh, and, and I love this time of the year, and I feel like that's some of the better coaching happens right at the end, sometimes to, to raise them up, sometimes to calm them down and put them in a more calm state. So, oh, well, one of the questions like I asked, uh, one of the questions I asked Eric Chanteau on this podcast, I said, what made David Marsh so great? And he said it was taper time. He said David could work miracles in taper that no other coach could work. And so for you to come in with the Cal guys right before their conference and then into NCAs, man, I feel like there's going to be some magic, made. I'm so excited about this. Now, Dave Durden has done an incredible job over many years getting those guys ready. So it's not like he needs your help, but the two of you together, I mean, this is kind of scary, exciting. So those guys should be pumped up about this. This is awesome. Yeah, Texas. Well, you know, yeah, Chase has done a great job, and and I think he's, you know, with, with him stepping off, things, you know, I've been texting with him uh, the last, you know, uh, couple of days, and uh, he says things are going really well right now. So he's he's leaving it in really good mm, shape mm. with Dave, and mm. so I think a transition will be very easy. In fact, they're doing a competition down at UC San Diego that'll be sort of the transition point uh, where, I'll, where I'll sort of step in and start getting to know the guys. Brett, I don't know, you know, I, don't, I won't know these swimmers. I was, you know, I was telling them earlier that I, I you know, uh, really haven't followed recruits or, you know, college swimming that much. I've really turned yeah. all my attention to the professional swimming. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I've had to I've had to go back and look at, you know, these youngsters. But, you know, hey, Gab- Gabrielle Jett is there, you know, looks like he's becoming one of their top freshmen. And, uh, of course, Scott and Christy swam with me at Auburn and back in the day. And so uh, I'm thrilled to get to work with Gabrielle a little bit. He used to oh, come out right. for – yeah, he used to come out for camps, uh, mm. like Shackles' kids have come mm. out for camps with me in uh, in San Diego. So I watched him, you know, sort of come up as a youngster, and now he's popping as a freshman. And yeah, and, Cal's uh, got a like team. A few guys, yeah, they yeah, got a really good team, and they haven't really, yeah. you know, they haven't hit it yet, which is really nice. Mm. That they, mm. you know, he hasn't shaved him or anything yet, so they're they're they should have uh, a nice response as the, uh, the the final part of the year comes comes down. Well, if anybody knows how to take down Eddie, it's uh, it's you and Dave Durden combined. So you, you've done it before, and, and uh, <laughs> a lot of people haven't figured it out. You have, you're one of those that has. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. It'll be, it'll be well, Eddie, Eddie's done such an amazing job. I mean, over his career, my gosh. I mean, he's on autopilot the way he runs that team now, and, and the the results he's getting year in and year out. And everybody says oh, he's too old. He said, "Well, you know what?" And then he kicks ass. So it's. You know, I think oh, he's the, got a team. The, he's got he's got himself a team. There's no doubt. Yeah. Those those boys can swim, but the the cow yeah. guys are right there, and it's going to be another epic battle. So I'm I'm excited about that. Where where are we up to in the list? So we just kind of talked about Katinka that she's not mm-hmm. really retiring. Uh, she, her goal is to you know get her hundredth medal. Um, right. 
And then we were about to get into the mile, your best, your favorite event, right? The mile for what? What's it on here for? What are we talking oh, about the mile? Oh, for? it's about flip turns. <laughs> flip turns. No, it was no, this is a really you gotta go, you gotta go gotta go read this article. Uh, what are we doing? What it's we written doing? by these uh not a Czech guy, uh some guy from the Austrian Swimming Federation and Dennis Peter Born from the Swiss Swimming Feder Federation. Basically, like a year ago, they had done another study that said if someone just does better turns in the mile, it's going to bring their world record down by like a lot. Um, and then boom, here's no shit. We needed a study on that. <laughs> <laughs> David, David, we needed a study on that one. <laughs> 50, 50 freestyler. This guy doesn't even do flip turns. There are some really poor turns going on in the distance events. Yes. Yeah, uh, exactly. At, at the world level. Yes. And, it, and that, that is a place to, uh, it should be no news. Cause it's also, it's not about getting even getting faster. It's also about saving energy. And I think right now, a lot of the guys that are doing turns at those distance events until the last 200 or so they're turning like they're doing, a, they're, they're saving energy. They're not yeah. turning to gain yes. the advantage, but yes. you know, they're, they're, the, the, the turns, it's no new secret that the turns are a place where strategically you can make huge gains and make big moves. And if you can do it, why not? If you, if you can swim a 1500 with a driving six feet kick, which most people never thought was possible, mm -hmm. uh, you know, why can't you do, do, you know, all your turns, you know, really effectively. And I'm sure yeah. in NCAAs, you'll see people, especially these young collegiate people, uh, turning aggressively the whole race. Yeah. Look at, look at Paul Torini, you know, you, you improve that guy's turns and scary what he could do, but, um, but, but you got the, the, uh, the, the Florida boys, I mean, the Florida boys, uh, are good, you know, and, and maybe, maybe it's a situation <laughs> where, um, you know, those guys are, are going to figure out and, and, and that mile is going to drop like crazy, but um, I didn't need a study to tell me that the the milers don't do great turns. Yeah, yeah. Well, Florian, he he beat everyone by over five seconds just on the turns. That's how he did it, and that's yeah. it. They they break down not only the velocity off the walls, but the distance off the walls. Because I mean, mm -hmm. if you watch Roman Chuck, he's like he's one of the best in terms of a distance swimmer getting off the wall, but it's not very fast. Mm -hmm. So you know, um, I, I thought it was a great article. And um, these guys from the Czech and the Austrian Swimming Federation, the Swiss Federation, they're all doing these super high technical analysis for all sorts of different things. Um, and I thought it was really uh, interesting. Uh, you can go check it out. It's on, um, it's on Swimming World's uh, website. Uh, you know, so Ger Germany, Germany does a great job with uh, sports science. I mean, they, I guarantee you they've measured all that for him. And they, mm. uh, the, the, the amount, you know, when, when, when uh, Mariusz and and uh, and Jacob went back this summer with Javi to their their German training center, Javi's mind was blown with the amount of cameras and technology. Nothing, not there's nothing like that in the United States. Not one yeah. place is remotely like this. And they said, "Oh yeah, there's another place in Germany. It was, it's just like this in another facility." Like what? And in Eindhoven, I stayed around and did uh did uh the start breakdown that they have in the the warm up pool in Eindhoven incredible the details you get out no mm. wonder renomi has the best start in the mm. world on the women's side it's because it's there's no accident she has it down to a one degree angle of how she enters and if she hits a one degree different there's a there's a uh, a measurable time difference in her breakout speed and and time and distance so it's 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 down to that scientific and again we just we in the states aren't, you know, that familiar with high-level sports science when it comes to swimming. You know, it's generally 
uh, at least historically been, you know, Russell Mark and his GoPro that have, we've really relied on. And, and, uh, and, and so I think we've, you know, it's something Sounds like Sonny. So Sonny and his we, GoPro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, uh, Tom had his GoPro out yesterday, so or some yeah. version of a GoPro. Nice. So it's, it's a, it's one of those things that, it. that, that uh, it, you know, I think there's going to be more and more measuring, just like all technology is improving because of the access to to fast data and being able to turn it around quickly and, and the access to, to high-resolution cameras that can pick up the, the most specific detail. So it's a really golden time for people that, that can they can understand technology and then put it into practical use and explain it to an athlete and sell an athlete on the idea you'll help them get a lot faster yep yeah um all right posture line and balance what's that one hey this was um this was just a little ode to uh our, our uh one of the best uh bill boomer you know uh bill, bill boomer. boomer just passed away and um you know i, I had a chance to go to stanford um when I was a young coach, like uh, Sonny's age, uh, to go do the camps for a whole summer. And that's what was just buried into my brain. Uh, Mike Murray was in that in that same camp with me, and we always talk about posture line and balance, posture line balance, posture line ban balance, because that's what Bill Boomer really left uh, uh, at, at, at Stanford that just got pushed on everybody. So um, I just thought if – we got to make sure that we we had talked for so long about we got to go get bill we got to go get bill we did and we did it again man like we feel the same way again like when gennady passed away it was like we just missed an opportunity to go and record one of the best minds ever that did so much for the sport and it just sucks that we that we missed out on that um you know, that's like the reason we started this podcast was to try to, to get these things and uh, for swimming history and for the knowledge and to pass it down. And, and we missed that yeah. opportunity. Yeah. David, you got any uh, boomerisms? Well, I got boomer in my, in my, in my coaching what? rooted in my coaching philosophy is no question. And Richard quick was the one that brought him out to Stanford and before that, he was this kind of crazy guy in Buffalo. Most most people thought, and then Richard brought him in, and and all of a sudden he started working with, you know, Jenny Thompson and Dara Torres, and you know I saw Jenny Thompson and Dara Torres stroke technique change based on a lot of this kind of work. And uh, the one thing about Bill was that was that he wasn't afraid to uh, uh, to to take the time to uh, slow down figure out how to maximize efficiencies and positioning in the water and then add speed. So I would always call Bill, uh, usually in about this time of the year, about, about when February is coming, when I was trying to get the Auburn team ready, and I'd say, Bill, remind me of a few things that, that I didn't remember. And he would remind me, you know, do a little bit of overrating, you know, in your, with your tempo work because your nervous system needs to get confused a little bit this time of the year. And he would uh, and we would, you know, so I, I, you know, what, a, what an amazing guy. He, I think he was part response. One of the big parts of the one was responsible of our sport transitioning from a, from a mostly a volume based who trains the longest and hardest wins and who to, to a philosophy of doing it intelligently and have a lot of different ways uh, to make improvements. So he had a profound impact on, on me. And uh, uh, so I, I salute him and, and uh, you know, wish him well, Godspeed and wish him well uh, in, 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 uh, uh, for, forever and, and thank him forever.
Awesome. Yeah. He, he was a good man. I, I had a lot of time with him myself. Um, and yeah, uh, incredible coach, fantastic um, man. And he'll be missed. So yeah, I'm glad we could touch on that today. Um, okay. coming this week on the pod, who do we have? Oh, we had Michael Andrew. Uh, and then uh, we switched the live. So yesterday we put out Max McHugh who's the defending champion in 100 and 200 breaststroke uh, for uh, NCAAs. And uh, you guys got to talk a little bit about breaststroke and lifting uh, and things like that. So if you didn't listen to it, it's a little short, but um, check and out. And him getting shot. He got shot. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He got, he got shot. I, mean, I uh, he got shot. I texted my twin brother because um, my twin brother also got shot in college. Uh, he was a diver. He wa it was a walk-on diver at Old Dominion. And um, he also got shot in the leg. Uh and um, I said, like, hey, man, this guy got shot. Um, and he described it as wet. Would you describe it as that? And he was like, yep, 100%. Feel, just felt wet. Yeah, uh, that's what I said. I asked him. I said, did you feel it? What did it feel like? He said, wet. So, And then he said he didn't even know he got shot. He was just walking kind of, and, and and he just felt wetness in his knee. And he got shot He got shot in the knee. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. So kind of, I guess it's a shock thing, but just and then the blood but yeah but um i mean for me it's a cool factor you know i told him on the podcast david you know you're in san diego you get bitten by a shark and you're telling everybody you know like right. you grow up right. in australia you get bit by a shark that's that's the cool thing you get shot in america i mean you've got street cred forever i would think <laughs> yeah I'm watching Yellowstone and, and those kind of shows now. So everybody gets shot. So I'm so, I'm so oblivious to people getting shot. The, the fact that he got shot for real is, is definitely a story. My biggest question is, is he coming out to the ISL this year? Because I desperately need a breaststroke, male breaststroker. Dude, I'm telling you, he's coming. Uh, Sonny, close your ears. He's coming out to the ISL. This this kid. <laughs> they have, he wants they have in. a good breaststroker. They don't need a breaststroker. <laughs> he wants yeah. in, yeah. He wants in for yeah. sure. Sonny, it's like getting shanked in uh, in England, right? You guys get shanked. <laughs> Machetes, yeah. <laughs> you ever been shanked? I, I I hope to never be shanked, shot, or bitten by a shark. <laughs> All the above. Yeah. Who, else, who, who else is coming on? Who else is in the hopper? Who's next week? We have. Um, uh, our, our, our Scottish friend. A Scottish friend. Steven um Tick? no no his athlete duncan, duncan, duncan scott. scott i told you i mix up their names because they've all got first names first and last names duncan and scott you know uh james guy, <laughs> james guy. i mean they got tom first dean. last names tom dean <laughs> i can't remember all these guys because they're all got first last names um duncan scott. Never, never i had an the whole, the whole relay team the whole Olympic the whole two team and the reserve Callum Jarvis are all first names. Matt Richards, Tom Dean, Duncan Scott, James Guy, Callum Jarvis. The five See? of them. Five of them. They all have what's going on over there? Um, David, I had him on. He was fantastic. He was really good. I really pressed him on a couple of issues, challenged him. Um, as you know, I like to do, but uh, you know, and and he appreciated it. He's like, Brett, I've never really been pressed like that in terms of having to think. Uh, about those things but I, I challenged him in terms of his belief system of himself because I think Duncan Scott is a is a Michael Phelps I really do you know it, it's an elite level swimmer who can swim everything every stroke every distance they're very very rare that there's the Lochtes there's the Phelpses there's the Duncan Scotts but he doesn't see himself that way yet I don't think this was my opinion and I kind of pressed him on it 
I wanted him to at least have this belief of himself that he's top two swimmer in the world. In terms of swimmer, you know, you've got Caleb Dressel who can kind of do do it all as well, but Duncan Scott can do everything. And I don't think he's kind of identifying himself like that enough. And we kind of go into detail on that on the podcast. I mean, it's really good. I liked it. He was great. Um, you know, maybe he hates me now, but I think I think he I think he respects me for it. <laughs> it was good. He certainly and, seems like a humble spirit, and I think that's probably part of it. Is, is yeah, is, you know, he 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 seems to swim for the team and swim for the greater cause. And yeah. just like when with that forty six one out of nowhere yeah. in the corner on the on the relay, uh, it was at Guangzhou. Uh, he he threw in a forty six one. It's like what. Yeah. And, yeah. it, and you know it's it's in a team uh, setting. You know, yeah. it's, it's like uh, like right. in the old Auburn days when like Shackle would throw in these crazy splits. Mm. Like, where is that in the individual event? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of frustrating because they can pull it out, and you know they got it. I mean, you know a little bit about Duncan Sonny. I mean, you, you get that impression too. He's he's very much a, a team guy. Eh? Yeah, he's one forty three four in the uh, four by two as well, and uh, <laughs> I, I think like he's he's ridiculous. <laughs> like he's he's ridiculous and. But he was doing London Raw's breaststroke legs. And I mean, yeah. Dave, you probably saw him at the in the ISL final after I think the 400, the 400 on day one. He looked like he was about to just die. Like, I was like, You're right. And he was like, No, no, I'm not. And like, he gets up and had four more the next day. He's, uh, mm. he's, he's committed yeah. and he's, 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 he's unreal. He's unreal. Yeah. Got a little, uh, he just, he just takes it on a, on a, on a challenge. Oh, there you Sterling. go. There we go. Yep. There so one go. of the things about him that I noticed too was that, that the, he, he, the cause, like there was one event he didn't win, but he did the scenario with the, with the jackpot that uh, caused oh. him to get the maximum points. And he knew it yeah. immediately. That's exactly, yeah. he, he didn't care. that It wasn't a big deal. He was sitting on the lane line as a second place finisher. <laughs> and I'm over there going, yeah. why the hell is he on the lane line? He got yeah. second. But he knew what he was trying to do. He was trying to score points for his team. And he outpointed everybody. So yeah, he's he really won that event. That's one of the fun things about the ISL is this these all these different narratives that aren't necessarily traditional of did you win? No, the question is did you score the most points? Because that's ultimately taking care of your team, which uh, you know historically, uh, I would say uh, 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 you know Europeans haven't understood that at all. It's always been about you know themselves. So the mm. ISLs you know changed a lot of that thinking, and I think Great Britain swimming too has just. It's mm -hmm. incredible that sort of the culture they're developing, and certainly Adam Peaty's sort of the centerpiece of yeah. that, that confidence and swagger they seem to have yeah. right now. But you know, Duncan's the, you know should be the next guy. I mean, you look at his technique and his four strokes; they're all oh, strokes right. are very solid. He has you know, but what people don't see is you know after the last ISL match, after the finals, you know the whole pool is empty, and he's in there swimming probably fifteen hundred. Mm. Uh, not, and, and the important thing was he wasn't just doing 1500. He was doing it sort of all brick style or TIG style, where at the end of the session he was swimming 1500 with about eight strokes per lap. So he was yeah. just re swimming long, slow. Looked like you know pop off. We talk about back that back in the day. Mm -hmm. We talk yeah. about that. We break that down. We also break down how is he or anyone else going to break this world record in the 200 free long course? We talk about that. He's got an idea and a plan, and um, so that's interesting. He also talks about um, the fact of uh, he eats um, cereal. He eats chocolate cereal in the morning before he gets out of bed. Um, so that was an interesting fact. But um, no, he, he's a good kid. And 
you know, so he, he tells me where the, where the best Scotch whiskey in, in Scotland is too. He names it and he tells me where to get it. So that's, that could be on the list of things to do. Bucket list things. Go go visit the best Scotch Scotch whiskey in in Scotland. This, but anyway, uh, this, this this thing right here has a lot of good Scotch whiskey, and my my wife's taken up since the uh, Christmas <laughs> since the pandemic is suddenly like Scotch. So we've uh, yeah. we've been exploring a little bit of different ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Uh, last thing here, guys. We're all on this new app called Any Question, and um, it's been kind of fun to be part of it. It's it's cool. Um, my experience with it is just. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a personal way that we can answer questions directly. You know, we've, we've all been on Instagram and it seems very kind of informal where this, this seems like a a lot more formal where you're talking directly to people. Um, it's an exciting new app. Sonny's on it. David's on it. We're all answering questions on there. I recommend anyone that's listening to this, um, download the app, get on it and, uh, and shoot questions at us because we'll, we'll record it directly to you and answer directly to you. Um, so it, it does feel a lot more personal. Uh, Sonny, what's your experience been with it so far? I think it's really cool. I think there's like two sort of sides of it. There's one side that you can almost like ask someone like Caleb Dressel, something quite mm-hmm. insignificant, like what's the fastest you've ever kicked 100 meters? Um, mm-hmm. And just something fun like that. But then you can also say something quite loaded and serious, like Brett, you know, what do you think I should be doing to be faster at 50 freestyle and let you unload? Um Right. You know, like you can ask something really technical and in detail, or you can ask something pretty fun and casual, like, hey, uh, what movie do you like, David? You know, um, and and you answer it like everyone's answering real quick. And there's some big names on it already uh, for a new app. Yeah, I'm liking it. It seems fun. Yeah, David, how are you feeling? Uh, really good, actually. I uh, uh, listened to one a couple of your answers, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna I was reminded of that 25 back back in speed 50, mm-hmm. uh, and and honestly, I'll probably throw that in because mm-hmm. of that, that. Listening to that app, and then mm-hmm. was listening to Bruno this morning, and some of the ways he was answering. You know how to help these sprinters. One of the things I think is really important for the athletes that when they uh, respond, they're going to respond in inspirational ways, and I think we coaches will answer more from a knowledge base, you know, in my experiences, this is what happened. I answered a couple of questions yesterday and one of my utilized, uh, you know, Mark Gangloff uh, from UNC, you know, he went a seven year window where he didn't improve in the tuner breaststroke and then he dropped time uh, to, you know, so yes, plateaus are a real thing in our sport. That was the question. And, uh, and, and even some of the greatest swimmers in the history have gone through to long plateaus. So I think the chance to personalize it is really good. And, uh, it, it seems like a, also a place to offer a little bit of inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of fun. So hopefully we can expand it and grow it all. The, the, there's a bunch of sports on the triathlon, the, be, the best triathletes in the world. I'm learning so much about triathlon. Just listen to them. Um, Jan Ferdino. I mean, he's, he's a freak and, and he's great. He, uh, learn a lot from him and then, uh, mountain bikes on there. They're, they're about to bring in track and fields. So all the best track and field athletes in the world are coming on. Um, so yeah, as Sonny said, all the best swimmers and, and a lot of the best coaches, James Gibson just joined yesterday. So he's mm-hmm. on there. So, um, check it out. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. I'm excited about it. So that's, that's my little plug for that. Cool. Anything else? Any odds and ends? Anything we forgot? Anything you guys want to plug or talk about last second? Um, in the next 20 minutes, I'm going to do an interview with the world record holder in the men's 50 butterfly. That's a little hint. Ooh. Okay, little hint. So I got to get off and get ready for that. 
That's next. Right. Uh, David, good luck. Thank when are you, you moving up to when are you moving up to Cal to, to do that? Uh, sometime early, early February. So it'll be, they're, they're coming down for you meet at UC San Diego. And then after that, I'll, I'll, I'll go up there and Kristen and I will, you know, be up there together and she'll, she'll get to relive her, her Cal days. We're going to, we're going to pack our e-bikes e and, mm. uh, but mm. you know, I will miss the surfing down in San Diego. I don't think it's quite as good up in Northern California, but uh, I'll have to deal with that for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sonny, how's your Patreon coming along? Uh, slowly but surely I've got like, I live in Ben's like house share or whatever, and uh, Ben proud that is. And like yesterday, he's like, "Yeah, I see you trying to do some giveaways or some stuff." I'm currently like doing a prize draw to give away a Siobhan Howie Energy Stand at the cap, and he's like, "I have a load of stuff you can give away." So in the coming month, I'm going to do weekly giveaways to my patrons, which you two boys, Brett, Nate, have a chance to win. I've got like GB Olympic kit, England Commonwealth kit, caps, suits, for, like. Uh, Commonwealth Games mm. suits Suit. here. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I've got I've got all sorts of all sorts of cool stuff to give away. So yeah. Mm. Sonny, I've got a signed Brett Hawk um, Speedo shark skin from two thousand uh, that I'm going to send you, and I'm going to let you give that away on your on your Patreon. That's a pretty cool one. It's a, what twenty two years old now. Speedo shark skin. I mean, it felt like you're wearing a pair of jeans. Honestly, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't an X guy or a jacket. No, <laughs> nah, it was. It was shit. But uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks Coach, for uh, coming. We'll see you yeah, guys thanks, next David. week. All right, you bet. Good seeing you guys. Look, yeah, look, look, you guys. look after Tom, David. Look after Tom. <laughs>